the Ulster Economics Podcast. The podcast that keeps you up to date with what is happening economy-wise in Northern Ireland. Telling you what you need to know, but not necessarily what you want to hear. Episode 4, Trucking Hell. New Year, New Era. January has already heralded much change on both sides of the Atlantic. There's a new president in the White House with Joe Biden. In the UK, the Brexit transition period has ended, and through the EU and UK's Trade and Cooperation Agreement signed last month, a new chapter in UK-EU relations has begun. The UK-EU deal that has been secured is unique in that it is the only trade deal in history which creates and adds new barriers to trade rather than remove them. For Holliers, December and January has been a trucking nightmare. Lorries have been queued up at various ports around Europe and the UK. Fish exporters have faced delays with paperwork, resulting in their stock going off before it could be delivered. The media has also focused on some empty supermarket shelves devoid of certain products. Supply chain disruption has been par for the course during January, and it's not just down to Brexit and COVID-19. It is a global problem. The global shipping industry is struggling to deliver what the world wants to buy during lockdown. As spending on services slumped, the purchase of consumer goods soared. A shortage of containers is choking global exports and has triggered a surge in prices. Some ports have been reporting tenfold increases in the cost of shipping containers. This has been imp- impacting on manufacturers, consumers and the construction industry here in Northern Ireland. While the global supply chain disruption is likely to be short term, the supply chain disruption from Brexit is longer term. The headline that the UK has secured a zero tariff and zero quota deal has wrongly been interpreted in many quarters as signalling that frictionless and costless trade between the EU and the UK would continue. This couldn't be further from the truth. Non-tariff barriers such as new rules and regulations have a cost, time spent on paperwork is money and freight delays have a cost. That is not to mention other new costs such as re-exporting tariffs, customs duties and VAT payments that didn't exist in 2020. Ultimately, firms will have to rethink and redesign the supply chains that have served them for the last 30 years. Some may be unable to sell into the EU as costs are prohibitive. Meanwhile, consumers can expect higher prices and reduced choice. The era of frictionless or unfettered trade, both within the UK and the EU, is over. Adapting to this will be painful. So what about the local economy? What is the incoming economic data and news telling us about the strength of the recovery? Is it a V or a W? Northern Ireland's Composite Economic Index, which is the nearest thing we have to GDP, saw a record rate of expansion in the third quarter. A 15.5% quarter-on-quarter increase recouped almost all of the output that uh, was lost during the lockdown in the, the second quarter. When you consider that there was a a further contraction in the first quarter of last year, we have now seen that 90% of the drop in output which occurred since the pandemic has been recovered so far. Private sector output has followed a similar trampoline-style recovery, with output surging 21% quarter-on-quarter in Q3. That means private sector output is just over 2% below pre-pandemic levels but it is over 5% below Northern Ireland's pre-recession levels, which date at the second quarter of 2019. Remember, this is the third quarter, and we have had more lockdown restrictions since then, so we can expect Q4 and Q1 of 2021 to show that the V turned into a squash W, whereby the second dip is significantly shallower than the first one. 
things will get worse before they get better. December's PMI survey smacked of deja vu with all four sectors posting declines in both output and employment, like most of 2020. The overall business activity index remained at the same level, 46.8, which is a contraction, as it did at the start of last year. Meanwhile, export orders notched up their 23rd successive month of decline. The one area where growth is accelerating is inflation. Input costs rose at their fastest pace since August 2018, with inflationary pressures most marked amongst manufacturers. In turn, we're seeing that firms are passing on these higher costs, such as freight and raw materials, to their customers. As a result of this, selling prices of goods and services in Northern Ireland are now rising at their fastest rate in almost two years. This is a theme we can expect to see more of in 2021. Services was the sector where firms posted the fastest rates of decline in both output and new orders, not just in December, but for 2020 as a whole. Services remains the only sector not to experience a pickup in new orders since the first lockdown last year. However, services did report a surge in business confidence in December with optimism surrounding the 12-month outlook at its highest level since February 2020. The Northern Ireland Chamber and BDO survey for Q4 signalled that trading conditions for businesses remain tough with investment and confidence hit hard. Over one-third of firms expect to reduce capital investment in 2021 and over two-thirds believe prospects for the Northern Ireland economy in 2021 are weak. Almost all the key indicators remain negative, which denotes that most businesses are experiencing a deterioration in business conditions rather than an improvement. As with the PMI, the NI Chamber survey highlights that services firms are showing a much weaker sign of recovery than manufacturing. How businesses adapt to the new customs processes and the regulatory sea border is one of local businesses' biggest concerns. In the Northern Ireland Chamber survey, the majority of firms polled have concerns about the new customs processes, disruption at the ports and purchasing from Great Britain. Half of local firms are worried about GB customer attitudes towards Northern Ireland businesses and close to half are concerned about Irish customer attitudes to their businesses as well. The local construction industry saw activity double in the second half of 2020 following the lockdown disruption in the H1. That's according to the Construction Employers Federation's latest state of trade survey. But despite this rebound, average turnover amongst construction firms was still down 20 to 25% relative to 2019. Supply chain disruption, inflationary pressures, deteriorating profit margins and reduced opportunities are some of the challenges they cite that they face in 2021. Turning to the labour market, Northern Ireland's latest labour market statistics smack of nothing to see here, just move along. Or as one commentator put it, the labour market is in a state of suspended animation. Unprecedented employment support measures such as the job retention scheme have inoculated the UK and Northern Ireland economies against a severe labour market shock. At the end of December, almost 95,000 jobs in Northern Ireland were furloughed and 52,000 individuals had availed of the third self-employment income support grant. As and when these schemes eventually expire, and we expect they will be extended beyond the end of April, a number of jobs are expected to be lost. A surge in unemployment in the second half of the year is anticipated. In the meantime, many of the labour market indicators point to an improvement, with the unemployment rate falling to 3.2% in the three months to November, while the number of individuals claiming unemployment-related benefits dropped to an eight-month low in December, though it is still almost double last March's level. 
Meanwhile, the number of employees on payrolls continued its upward trend in recent months, albeit the number of jobs is still down on uh, the peak back in March 2020. Northern Ireland's labour market R number, or redundancies, has also fallen sharply. Just 340 redundancies were proposed in December, which was down from almost 1,400 in November. It is also well down on the record highs of almost 2,500 in June and 2,000 in July. Despite this slowdown, 2020 still represented a record year for redundancies, with 11,000 proposed and almost 4,700 confirmed. Talk of a labour market recovery is clearly premature. The Chancellor recently stated that the economy is going to get worse before it gets better. Similarly, the labour market will deteriorate before a sustainable recovery takes hold. We have seen a pickup in job vacancies in the fourth quarter of 2020, where they've more than doubled relative to their Q2 lockdown low. According to the NIJobs.com online jobs platform, the recruitment market has regained over 80% of the decline in job listings which followed the start of the pandemic. Interestingly, online searches for remote working more than doubled in the last year. Hospitality and tourism sectors remain COVID-19 casualties. Back in late 2019, the hospitality sector had the most job listings of any employment category, accounting for almost one in nine of all online vacancies. But 2020's lockdown saw demand for a hospitality job slump, and despite some recovery, listings in the fourth quarter were still down 88% year on year. Meanwhile, demand for nursing, healthcare and medical jobs has soared by 84% year on year in Q4, And this is the top employment category, accounting for one in six of all online vacancies. Looking for other signs of recovery in terms of new car sales and property sales, new car sales ended 2020 the way it began, with sales falling in December by almost 17% year-on-year. For 2020, sales fell by a record 30%, which equates to over 15,300 fewer cars. Indeed, last year marked the lowest sales figures since at least 2002 in Northern Ireland. The UK has uh, experienced a similar annual decline and it recorded its biggest drop since World War II with annual sales hitting the lowest level since 1992 which marked the completion of the European single market which the UK has now left. Pent-up demand may be absent in the car market but it has been increasingly evident within property transactions. Since the record declines in Q2 the recovery in aspects of the residential property market has been truly V-shaped. Q4 2020 marked the best quarter for residential property transactions since the second quarter of 2007, which was when last orders were being made in the housing boom. Q4's total of 9,100 transactions marked a quadrupling in sales relative to Q2's lockdown low. December saw sales up a whopping 47% relative to December 2019, but despite this impressive recovery, residential property sales were still down 16% for the year, which is a seven-year low and less than half of 2006's freak peak. Well, Northern Ireland's residential property market has entered 2021 with strong momentum, this is expected to ease in the coming months. Looking at the non-residential property markets recovery, it has been less impressive. Transactions hit a 20-month high in in December, which was three and a half times the low back in May last year, and it was up one quarter year on year. Q4 was the best quarter for sales in three years, with transactions more than doubling relative to Q2's lockdown low, and they were up 10% year on year. But sales for 2020 overall still fell by almost a quarter to their lowest level in seven years. 
and incidentally, last year saw half the sales volume relative to those halcyon days of 2006. Looking ahead, betting down Brexit, while some of the key economic statistics to look out for in the month ahead will be the uh, Northern Ireland PMI, which is expected to show contraction in January, which uh, which the uh, equivalent UK survey has already highlighted. On the property market, we'll be looking for signs to see whether the robust rates of growth in uh, residential and commercial property transactions, which we saw in in December, start to ease uh, uh, in the month of January. But the main focus is likely to be on the continued uh, global supply chain disruption and monitoring how global shipping uh, costs and uh, container availability is going. And from a Brexit standpoint, it is going to be key then looking at the kind of disruptions uh, stemming from that as well. We know that the UK may have left the EU, but Northern Ireland remains half in and half out. While Northern Ireland has the advantage of remaining within the EU single market for goods, it finds itself on the wrong side of a regulatory sea border, which has effectively redrawn the map of the UK's single market and customs union. And in the coming weeks and months, both businesses and consumers are going to get used to what the the reality of Brexit actually means. We have already seen uh, a trade disrupted on a range of fronts in January, whether it's wine deliveries restricted and not being able to go from GB to to Northern Ireland. We've seen a reduction in uh, the number of consumer products which are available in stores in, in Northern Ireland too. No doubt in in February we'll uh, hear and see more examples of uh, disruption, whether it's in terms of businesses and uh, the the challenges of uh, the increased bureaucracy, which is making trading, both in terms of importing and exporting, more difficult. Similarly, we're likely to hear and see more examples of consumer products which are increasingly becoming not available in Northern Ireland. And that is a phrase that is likely to feature prominently in 2021 is no longer available in Northern Ireland. The era of frictionless trade both within the UK and the EU is over and adapting to this is going to be painful. I'm Richard Ramsey. Thank you for listening. That was episode four, Trucking Hell, of the Ulster Economics podcast, January 2021. You can stay up to date by following us on our blog or following us on social media.